You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown, Las Vegas! We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is the post-game show, week four. Your Las Vegas Raiders move to one and three. A big 32-23 victory over the donkeys. That's right. The Denver Broncos go down to the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. A much-needed win. Everybody can take a big breath. Just like, you know, you just have a nice exhale now that the Raiders have won a game and I thought improved in many facets of the game. We're going to talk about that as always. Joining us on the postgame show, my good friend Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. If you don't follow them on YouTube and everywhere else, you should. And, of course, he does his great work with the One Nation Foundation. Murph, how are you tonight? You feeling good? I'm feeling fantastic, Scott. I don't know if you heard or not, but we're going to win the Super Bowl, baby. Let's go. (laughs) I love it. There the optimism returns to Raider Nation. Also joining me, uh, too, is our good friend uh, Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby. Evan, it's so much nicer going on to do a postgame show when we get to talk about a win, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Been really looking forward to this one. Finally, finally, it came after four weeks. But you know what? One in three, uh, you know, finally got got off the schneid there, as they say, and and on onward uh, to the Chiefs next week on the road. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about the Chiefs in a minute. But Murph, let's get your instant reaction to this one. I, you know, I thought everybody was in a good mood about this game. The Broncos, of course, come out and uh, do well to start the game. And And I'll tell you what. Even before the game started, Murph, we saw the, there's a lot of Broncos fans at Allegiant. Oh, my gosh, it's terrible. The world is coming to an end. There's orange in the stadium. And I thought, what is Raider Nation doing? Who cares? Who cares? All you got to do is beat them on the field. And I'll tell you what, Murph, we'll get into the specifics. But what I really love about this win for the Raiders is that we saw improvement. We saw Josh McDaniels actually do something that we thought he should have done for weeks, and that was run a one Mr. Josh Jacobs. 
Absolutely. You know, really impressive there, the way that the Raiders were able to move the football. And, you know, Scott, going into this game, like, I, and, and I'm with you, you know, we were, we were down pretty bad last week. I mean, Raider Nation was in the, in the, in the dumps after that loss on the road uh, to the Titans. And, you know, and I, I thought going into this game today that we were going to learn a lot about this team, uh, that we were, that I felt like this game was kind of was going to define who the Raiders were going to be in 2022. Maybe not define the season in terms of like wins and losses, but like, who they were. We heard about all these like, you know, player only meetings and all this stuff going on. And I thought they demonstrated a lot of character on the field this week. We know we, we know this this Raiders team is a, is a high character team off the field. It was nice to see that dog come out in them and to see that high character show up on the field today. And absolutely seeing Josh McDaniel. You know, one of the things that we heard so much about this coaching staff from McDaniels all the, on down was their ability to adjust, their ability to make decisions on the fly. And we finally saw them adjust game plan to game plan. And not only did Josh Jacobs go off today, but before we get too far into it, I want to shout out Jakob Johnson, man, 45, yeah. blowing it up today, doing honors to all the 45s that, that came before him and Alec Ingold and, and especially Marcel Reese. Like, you saw the stick marks on that dude's helmet. Like, offensive <laughs> line was blowing it up. But that guy was freaking pounding open of those, in the, of those holes for, for Josh Jacobs to, to blast through. And what an exciting thing to watch the Raiders just not only run the football well, but play defense. Like, oh, my gosh, what wins championships, right? Yep. Yeah, and Evan, that running game, let me tell you, that was the problem. The problem for the Raiders in weeks one through three was a lack of balance on offense. There was a lot of throwing the ball, not a lot of running the ball, despite the fact that Jacobs has looked good the entire season thus far. This time you get balance from the Raiders. You get 28 carries, which is exactly the range that we talk about on this show all the time. Josh Jacobs should have between 25 and 30 carries a game. He gets 28 Goes 144 yards, two touchdowns, of course, a nice long 43-yard run as well. Then you had um, Derek Carr had seven rushes for 40 yards, the second-leading rusher on the team. Zamir White, two with 24 as well. So, Evan, uh, Josh McDaniels not only listened to the rest of us out there, and I want to believe that he did listen to us, but probably listening to his coaches and Mark Davis and some other uh, uh, mentors, told him, man, you got to find some balance here, and sure enough, he did. Absolutely. The, headline, the headlines tomorrow morning should be about balance on offense. I thought that was a big key to the game. Um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Is 144 yards a career high for Josh Jacobs? I, it's got to be up there. I, I think that's one of his career highs. Um, he played excellent. Um, he's using that jump cut really well this year. He's running hard. He's running with passion, all those things you love to see. And, and I'm glad you mentioned Derek Carr because I thought he had a couple really big scrambles. And that's one of the things that I, I'm a bit critical on with him is, is, you know, his, his unwillingness to use his legs. Sometimes it's what all the great quarterbacks in the league do to help extend plays, to pick up first downs. And he did a great job of that tonight. And I, I think that was a big part of the game as well. And then you mentioned Zamir White. He had that real big, uh, he came on for Jacobs in the fourth quarter and had that 22-yard uh, run that kind of helped seal it. So just a great effort. I thought the offensive line, uh, once again, kind of showed up, played pretty well against a really good defensive front and, and opened up some really big holes uh, for that running game. The other thing, Murph, we heard uh, during that that last week uh, when Raider Nation was in, in I think, a, a, a early morning period, because the season is not over, folks, uh, especially if you look at what's happened in the division. And it, hopefully if you're watching the game tonight, you're rooting for the Chiefs to lose. Uh, but if you look at the Raiders, too, one of the things that we heard last week, Murph, criticism, why isn't Derek Carr going to Devontae Adams? Well, guess what? Tonight, today on Sunday, targeted 13 times, pulls in nine catches, 
101 yards. Yes, he didn't get a touchdown, but that's okay. Devontae Adams was involved immensely in this game plan. Yeah, it would have been nice to see Devontae Adams get into the end zone because uh, that would have hit a parlay. Shout out to Ben MGM Sportsbook. Uh, no for shout outs. But, uh, but yeah, man, that, that was uh, that was very encouraging. I mean, and and we saw it right from the get-go, right? We saw that connection happen early on. And, you know, whether that was a McDaniels thing, whether that was a car thing, whether it was a collective, which I like to think, you know, this thing is a team. So you would like to think that it was just an overall, um, you know, uh, work in progress in terms of like you know reinvigorating that connection between Derek and Devonta so that was nice it was really really great to see and something that i thought was really interesting too and i want to hear what your guys opinion is on this is that and they even called it out at what um, at one point during the broadcast where like this offense is really complicated and you know we know that it takes a little bit of time to get used to the new verbiage and the new things that are going on and the concepts and all that within an offense but then when that's particularly you know complex it's, it might take a little bit to get going. And we saw, you know, Derek frustrated on a couple of plays, you know, where people maybe weren't in the, in the right spots, but certainly it, it has started to emerge or reemerge with him and Devonte. So I'm with you, Scott. Mm. That was, that was awesome to see that. Now it's kind of like, we want the rest of them to kind of like catch up, whether that's, you know, we, we saw Matt Collins have a great day today, but like, yeah, but that, that connection with Derek and Devonte, finally, it's like all the things that we, we heard in the off season, like that, that 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 relationship and that chemistry that they had, uh, we finally saw that return here in, in what week four. We sure did. The other thing that I want to get your guys' comment here at the beginning of the show is, of course, the Raiders' defense, which made a massive difference in this game. And, of course, we also have to start to look at the silver and black today uh, effect because Amik Robertson's on the show. We talked to him about having a bigger yeah. role on Thursday, and he goes out, plays a good game. He falls down on one play, and I was like, oh, boy, and me, come on, man. You're on the show. You got you to pick it up here. And then he goes, he gets the scoop and score. Evan, uh, this defense came out spirited. Of course, Max Crosby, again, was a monster. Uh, they didn't get the push up front as much as they, they, they thought they would, or I should say they should. But at the same time, it really didn't matter. They got the pass rush. They made Russell Wilson outside of the first half where Russell Wilson was dialed in. That second half, just much like they did last week, they shut down the Broncos. Yeah, defense was excellent in the second half, um, forcing four punts, a turnover on downs to end the game, and, and they did allow the one touchdown there. But, you know, again, they, they're doing – I think they're doing their part. Um, you know, I'd like to see them put a, a complete game together. You know, they uh, – and I'm not going to complain about giving up 16 points in the first half, but, I mean, it would be nice to see them play as well as they did in the second half tonight, you know, from the beginning of the game. But either way, you know, they're definitely showing some signs of improvement. The pass rush was a little bit better today. Max Crosby had himself a couple of sacks. Finally, um, a, a big, huge play by the defense, a touchdown with a meek Robert as you mentioned uh so yeah you know there, there's some some stuff to build on there for sure Murph on the defense uh another huge factor for that defense and again I think leadership sometimes talent is of course huge in the NFL but leadership is another big factor Denzel Perryman comes back and this defense uh starts to be kind of uh I think more cohesive it was amazing to see him out there not only making tackles but I felt like the defense just played more intense with him on the field yeah, that was awesome. I mean, he shot in there on that play early on and kind of set the tone uh, for, for the defense, which was really, really nice to see. And, and uh, you know, I think he is our – I mean, other than maybe Max Crosby, he is our de facto leader uh, on defense. So to see him come out and flash and have a great game, I mean, I know he went into the protocol there. Uh, you mm -hmm. know what – I forget what quarter it was when he, when he left the field. So hopefully everything's okay there because clearly, I mean – you know, just just the optics are much, much different when he is on the field and and the overall optics on both sides of the ball, but especially on defense 
just looked different today. They were fired up. They were flying around all over the place. You know, uh, obviously, we like we talked about, Perryman had the, had a great game. But Hobbs, the way he flashed today so many times, even John Abrams in coverage, like all the like <laughs> you know, the things that are historically, you know, you, you have, or not historically, but at least so far this season, have been kind of downers for us on defense. Um, that 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 absolutely seemed to have changed, and except for one thing, and and I don't I don't get this, guys, and maybe you can explain it, uh, help me understand. Other than Chandler Jones being like mildly disruptive in the second half, like dude is still on a milk carton. That one uh, red zone drive, like he got blown off the ball by like seven yards when like Russ is like you know scrambling around doing Russ things and throwing touchdown passes. And like that was that that first one that they had, and it was like, come on, man! Like you were supposed to be the guy. You were supposed to be the closer. You were this guy that was supposed to keep us from those long extended drives turning into touchdowns. Then he's seven yards off the ball. I'm like, I don't know. That's a rough one still. It's still a rough one. And you got to hope that he somehow finds it or, you know, but here we are through four weeks. And I agree with you, Murph. It's still not a big deal. He came close to one sack uh, and the ball was delivered out right before he hit Russell Wilson. But that's as close as he's gotten. And I think that that's going to be an issue. And, and they'll have to see what, what they do there. Because, look, I know you gave the guy a ton of money. You're going to play him. But if he's not helping you, there, then I think you have to look past it. The other thing in this game, guys, that really impressed me was some offensive improvement. We talked about the balance, which was huge, but you look at the Raiders, even from a stats perspective, 25 first downs to Denver's 12 on third down. This is one that was huge, okay? And the Raiders have been horrible at. There were 7 of 14, so 50% on third down. They've been in the 20s and 30s at best on third down, and to me that was huge. And then you look at the offensive plays, 74 offensive plays in this game. That tells you they were in control and that they had balanced offense. Those all, Evan, point to an offense that's finally being called correctly and being executed to a point. And there was some downside, and we'll talk about that in a second. But overall, I was encouraged. It's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to go from 0-3 to, as as Murph somewhat, I think, joked at the beginning, going to the Super Bowl. But uh, but certainly, I said last week, you got to see improvement. And we saw a ton of improvement today. Definitely did. And, and, and to your point about the, the, the third down conversion rate, that helps with controlling the clock. Uh, I see the time of possession here, 34 minutes, uh, almost 35 minutes for the Raiders to so only 25 minutes uh, for the Broncos. So that, that that's exactly the point is that they're controlling the game. They're able to run the ball effectively, stay ahead, stay ahead of it and, and, and kind of control the game. The only thing, you know, Murph pointed out one negative there with Chandler Jones, you know, I, I'm going to point out one negative as well, you know, still not, uh, doing as well as I would like to see in, in the red zone two for five today, I believe was oh, yeah. the number, um, you know, it, it didn't hurt them today, but again, you know, those are the types of plays. Sometimes you got it. You got to cash in. You can't leave those extra four points out there. They were able to able to overcome that today, but still that, that, that would be another area that I would like to see them continue to try to improve in. Yeah. Murph. I mean, in this game, four field goals for the Raiders, the late one uh, is one thing, but or I should say the, in the fourth quarter, but you 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 convert three of those, <laughs> and you're talking about this is a complete blow. I mean, not even close, a complete blowout, which Raider Nation would have loved, and maybe the Raiders get to 50 points. Um, it's a it's a work in progress. I thought the play calling in the red zone was a little better today. Uh, I thought though that that offensive line, for whatever reason, now again they were facing a pretty good defensive front 
especially in the first three quarters before it seemed like the Broncos got worn out. Uh, but Murph, that that's something they still got to work on, and that's going to be have to be, I think, a big focus because when you get in a game with the Kansas City Chiefs, you have to score seven. If you score three against the Chiefs, I think on the road, that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it looks a little better on the scoreboard because, you know, as you mentioned, Amik Robertson takes one of the house. Mm -hmm. um, special teams kind of bails us out there with, you know, hey, my boy A.J. Cole, man. Man, that little well. the corner, I'll you, you know, and, and that hookup with him and Matt Collins, man, that was that was amazing. Um, you know, but yeah, so so with the with the you know the help on special teams and the and the help on on the defense, it certainly makes it look a lot better. But one of the things I, that I thought was really interesting in terms of the improvement in the play calling, and they kind of did this all over the field tonight or, or today, but uh, but in the red zone, you know, with the with the absence of Foster Moreau, him not being in the game, bringing in Justin Heron to play a tight end. I thought it was awesome, man. Like, what do you, you know, yeah. when you're struggling in the offensive line, bring in another guy, like bring in an mm -hmm. extra guy, have six to block their five, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I thought that was a, that was a pretty slick move there by, by McCann's. And we've seen the Raiders do that stuff before. And a lot of teams do that. Uh, but, but we saw it a lot tonight to the point to where the announcers called it out. And we certainly hadn't seen the Raiders do that yet this year. And which was interesting because, you know, we traded for that guy and uh, really hadn't seen or heard his name much. And yeah. now all of a sudden he's playing tight end, which, which was great. No, absolutely. Also, I mean, you look at the 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 performances, individual performances here, uh, and receiving. Of course, you talked about Matt Collins with three receptions, thirty-three yards. Josh Jacobs had five for thirty-one coming out of the backfield. Darren Waller again, three receptions, twenty-four yards. He still, guys, doesn't look right to me. He did not have a bad game. He had the one drop, of course, which again he continues to have some issues with drops. But overall, uh, he just doesn't seem himself. And again, didn't hurt the team tonight overall. But this team with Darren Waller is so much better when he's performing at his best. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't want to make excuses, but I, I do wonder how much of that goes back to all the time that he missed in training camp. I know I, yeah, I know an injury coming back from injury, too. Right, right, right. I mean, we are four games into the season now, but you're definitely seeing something. He he just seems a little bit off. So, you know, hopefully he'll continue to to get better each game. And and and, and hopefully they get Renfro back as well. And, and this offense can get back to full strength and we can finally see what we are expecting from this offense, you know, all off season long. One of the good things, Murph, too, no turnovers today, right? So Derek Carr was good and efficient. Uh, no bounce balls off hands. The receivers were all sure-handed. If they did drop a ball, they dropped the ball. It wasn't tipped up to another player. This Raiders team, too, looked more tonight and today on offense like it did to me in the preseason with a little more focus and urgency. Yeah, man, like, you know, the turnover battle is like such a, uh, I think, an an under, you know, uh, I don't know, focused stat line. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. if you win the turnover margin, like that typically will, will will lead you to a to a victory. And like and and especially too, like go to go back to that defensive score for us to then be creating on defense. And I know that the, the ball bounced up and Amik was just fortunate to be standing there, but like, but he still made a hell of a play running that thing back all the way to the house. First defensive score in three years. Like, was it Gary and Conley? Was that the, I mean, I'm just pulling that out of nowhere. Yeah. I think that might've been the last one uh, that, that we had one go to the house. Like, I mean, so having, having something like that happen was just, I mean, fantastic. And Max almost had one. Max yeah, almost had that one that he batted. I thought we were going to get a Khalil Mack on Cam Newton moment. I thought yes. he was going to knock that thing up in the air and then catch it <laughs> running in for a touchdown. That was incredible, man. So to see that kind of, that kind of stuff, that's like those, and it's, you know, made fun of on NFL Network with, with Kurt Warner and his GCPs, but game-changing plays 
win yeah. football games. Like those are the things that win football games. Like as important as red zone conversions are and all those things are so incredibly important. But when your defense makes plays like that and flips the field and like puts points on the board, like it's hard to lose when you're doing that kind of stuff. So that was awesome. kudos to the Raiders and kudos to Derek Graham. I mean, or excuse me, Patrick Graham. Like, yep. I mean, just I've seemingly called a great game. I mean, obviously we haven't gone back and looked at the Dull 22 and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, that versatility and the playing the matchups and all that. I think we finally saw that stuff start to emerge today. And uh, man, that was it was exciting. It was fun to watch defensively. Well, and I thought to your to your point too about about adjustments, right? From from a from a defensive standpoint, from a coaching perspective, which Josh McDaniels had I think fairly been criticized for. You go into half, and I thought I thought he mishandled a little bit at the end of the first half. Uh, redeemed themselves, of course, at the end of the first half. But earlier on, they could have taken a timeout. Didn't take a timeout uh, when you're sitting there with three of them. But then in that second half, that defense. The momentum seemed to kind of swing a little bit. It was a weird feel at the end of the first half, despite having a lead. And then you go into the halftime, got to give the ball to Denver because the Raiders took the, the opening kickoff and the defense came out and set the tone. So so kudos to Patrick Graham on that one uh, for certain. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we roll on with our post-game reaction. Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, Evan from Just Pod Baby, and you're listening to Silver and Black today. This is Scott Cobranson. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Segment two, Silver and Black today, the post-game edition. The Raiders, 32-23 winners over the Denver Broncos. Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Evan from Just Pod Baby joins me on this post-game show for week four. The Raiders move to one and three. And guys, I want to jump into Derek Carr. Remember, the Derek Carr drama was back last week, not because any of us wanted it, but it just came back. Uh, I thought today Derek Carr looked more focused. I thought he looked more comfortable. Were there some errant throws and whatnot? Sure, there was. That happens to every quarterback. But, Murph, I'll go to you first on this one. I thought Derek had a better sense of where his guys were. I thought he had a better sense of the offense. He, he There was a couple times where that phantom pressure in the pocket, I think, impacted him. But overall, he stood in there. And most of all, I thought, and really encouraging, was he used his legs to extend plays and to get first downs, and that was huge in this game. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree, and and, uh, and that to me was the most glaring thing as well. I remember like earlier on in Derek's career, maybe even at the midway point, we used to call him like baby Aaron. Like he was like a little, he was like the next version of Aaron Rodgers because he was so good at extending the pocket and he's so accurate throwing on the run. And like, and whether it was a, you know, it's an offensive initiative by coaching or it's Derek, you know, not wanting to, you know, take the hit or whatever the case is. I don't know. 
But for whatever reason, that seemingly is a part of his game that was lost. Like, I'll never forget that. That I'll, my, Probably my favorite Derek Carr play ever is in the game that we won in Oakland against Kansas City with the, the, the famous, you know, had to score five times in the end zone to win the game. And, um, and, and Derek is running across his body and hits Michael Crabtree in the front corner of the end zone. And I, I tell people all the time, you couldn't go out in your backyard and hit a fence post doing that, <laughs> let alone hitting a moving number 15 in the front corner of the end zone. Like, it's such a strength of his. And for whatever reason, like, it's seemingly diminishing as, as, as he's gone on in his career. So to see that return and to see that, yeah, he gets a little bit of happy feet sometimes, but I also think that he's, you know, whether it's psychosomatic, whatever the case is, because he's been beat up in there a lot, broken his back and, you know, broken his leg and all that kind of stuff. I mean, but but for whatever reason, it's seeming aside from a little bit of happy feet, he's extending that pocket and running out, and was great on the. I mean, he's fast. He's yes. like like people talk about like Raider fan when they want to get really critical of Derek. The, the one things we hear a lot because they see the highlight reels, you see what Lamar Jackson does, you see what like all these like super like you know elite athletes do, and and they're like, oh, I wish Raiders had a quarterback like that. Like that's the new evolution of the NFL. And like the Raiders need to like okay. Derek can do all that kind of stuff. He's He's incredibly mobile and incredibly accurate. Again, like I said, throwing the football on the run. So we want to definitely want to see that more. So it was really, really nice to see that come back and that fire come out of him a little bit. Yeah, you hate that it takes three losses to pull that out, but mm. like, hey man, whatever. We'll take it. We're here now. Now let's go beat the freaking Chiefs' ass and get into the bye week. <laughs> Evan, what about you? Derek Carr's performance today on the day. Uh, if you look at Carr, it's not like a, a massively all pro type. Uh, but it was very efficient and very controlled. 21 to 34, 188 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. What were your impressions of Carr today? Did you get the same sense I did? He was a little more comfortable? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, he he had a little bit more of a, a game manager uh, kind of feel going on, which is totally fine. You know, he mm -hmm. as long as he's not doing things that, you know, are hurting the team, throwing interceptions, taking sacks, those types of things, which he didn't do uh, today. Um, you know, he he managed the team. He made some big passes when he had to. And and I, I can't I, I got to tell you, I, I think it's huge that um, coming off the, you know, the controversy that you mentioned before this week with the Dan Orlovsky, uh, you know, mm -hmm. videos coming off at ESPN, I think it was really important that him and him and Adams kind of got back on the same page. Um, you know, he was targeted 13 times. Adams made nine catches, hundred yards. So that should kind of silence the, the skeptics a little bit there. So I thought that was a, a big, a big factor. And, and, and hopefully they continue to build on that and, and we'll see Adams involved more and more going forward. And Evan, you said earlier at the top of the show, uh, the offensive line, the offensive line and spots played well. I still see signs, though, that because they're not set on five guys, of course, you saw Alex Bars back in there. You saw Andre James at center, which made a huge difference, I thought. Nothing against Dylan Parham as his backup, but I thought just having that veteran in there was was fantastic. But you look at that offensive line, you saw Colton Miller go downfield on a play, he seemed confused. I still see some issues there with the musical chairs on offensive line, and I just wish they would settle on five guys because I think it would be better for Carr. I think it would be better for the entire team if they knew who was running out there each time. Yeah, this was the fourth uh, different starting lineup. In, in the four games. So uh, hopefully they're starting to, to figure it out a little bit more. Now you'd like to see them kind of settle in. I think on the mm -hmm. left side of the line that they have with, with uh, Alex bars at guard. And I believe now that they have James back, you'll obviously see him at center with Parham playing at, at right guard. Now, right 
you guys tell me, was did Illuminor get hurt or did he just get pulled from the game? So I saw a lot of Mumford Jr. Uh, in the second half of that game or even in the first half. Um, I wasn't sure w- what the reason was, but, um, you know, he's, he seems like he's getting more and more time as well. Um, so, you know, you, you'd like to see them settle in and, and, and decide on the five guys that they want to go with going forward because I agree with you. I think it's a big, um, a, a big thing to have that um, – camaraderie to have, you know, to, to the trust that goes involved, the communication, there's a lot of that stuff involved playing the offensive line. And if you're continuing to mix people in and out, you know, they don't have an opportunity to do those things. And Merv, I, I think Evan's right about that. But then again, you've seen four different lineups uh, and tonight it just seemed to be better performance. Yeah, there was a there was a false start penalty. And then, of course, the Colton Miller illegal man downfield, which I think he just was confused on what play was called. Um, overall, though, it's it's re, it's it's reassuring to see that that ta- ragtag lineup, that moving lineup gets so much better so quickly. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's encouraging, and it was better today. So, however it mm-hmm. takes to get better, like let's go for it. And not not entirely pushing back on what Evan said, but I, I did learn something not all that long ago. It was in the, in the last year, and I learned this from Taylor Lewan, the uh, tackle for the Titans. Um, you know, we're, we're buddies with the Bussin' with the Boys guys, and, and and talking to them, and and I asked a question. I'm like, how important is it like chemistry, like gelling? As it, because like as at least in our fan brains, mine is that always like oh you got to have the same five out there because they got to gel, they got to be like one unit, like you got to be cohesive. You got to you know when you think about all the great Raiders teams of of the past and like it was the same five guys it was a, especially the left side of the line and like all these things. And Taylor's answer was like no, it's really not that important. What's most important is that the room has cohesion, the room has chemistry, mm. but we're pros like. I'm going to play left tackle and I'm going to expect that whoever is at right tackle is knows how to do his job. And that's all that counts. And like, and it's not so much the camp. It, it's not as much of like a one particular unit has to learn to work together. It's that the guy next to you, you got to be able to trust him that he's going to do his job. And so that was a really interesting answer from, from Taylor and a little bit of insight to me because like, and it, you know, you look at those Titans teams, they've had great offensive lines Oh yeah, and um, you know, until this year, but like, uh, but anyways, point being though, is that like, I thought that was an interesting answer is that, it's, it's not so much about the collective five as it is just the entirety of the group. And as of right now, the Raiders' entirety of their offensive line seems to be improving as a collective. And so however that they got to get there to, to have the kind of results that we got today, like, I'm with it, man. Like, especially, again, like bringing in Heron to be that sixth guy. Like, let's yeah. let's go, you know? Absolutely. Shifting now, Josh Jacobs. Okay, so we we Josh Jacobs has had a good year all the way around, but the Raiders were near last, I think, in the NFL in rushes. Um, they just weren't running the ball. That was the whole thing with the balance tonight that worked so well. So you get Josh Jacobs going uh, in all other three games, but then you stop. This game, they stuck with him. They let him go at it. And, oh, by the way, that offensive line was blowing up holes for him, too, so that he could run through them. Evan, how – I mean, I think this shows how important, especially in that offense. And and to me, it always was crazy the first three weeks because Josh McDaniels built that offense. He knows how important it is to stick with the run, to open up that pass, but he never went with it. And tonight we saw – Finally, maybe he's trusting himself as a coach. He's trusting his offensive line and his running back to get it done. Yeah, uh, they were averaging only 14 carries per game coming in. You mentioned that was the lowest in the NFL. Um, And and so, obviously, 
Jacob's got a big workload today. And I've talked a lot about not having a, a, an identity. And I think tonight uh, we saw an identity. We saw them, yes. you know, pound the ball when they needed big plays. They went to the ground. They leaned on Josh Jacobs and he delivered. Like I said, I think that might've been close to a career high for him. If not a career high, I thought he played well, um, you know, didn't get that contract extension, uh, that fifth year option. And I'm sure that's giving him a little extra motivation now this season. Yeah. And Murph, I mean, you look at that situation. So then people will say, well, yeah, if you keep running Jacobs, though, they're going to figure it out and they're going to blow it up the box. Great. If they load up the box, guess what? You got Devontae Adams. You got um, Darren Waller. You got Hunter Renfro when he comes back. Uh, you got lots of weapons there. So I think it's huge. And it shows one of the things. And we'll talk in the last segment about coaching. But it shows adjustment, right? You learn 0-3. If the Raiders would have come out and did everything they had done before with that running game, then we'd be having a different conversation tonight. But kudos to the coaching staff and kudos to that offensive line and Josh Jacobs for knowing how important of a game it is and coming out and just balling out. Yeah, absolutely. And that was that was a great point by by Evan there too. Like, I mean, it's so and to see the the, the Raiders uh, coaching staff like lean into it. Like, you know, we we that the question was asked last week, especially like, what's the identity of this football team? Like, what is our identity? Anyway, we have so many talented players at so many positions like but what is what are we actually going to look like and you know in the in the, in the the josh mcdaniel's former job the patriots were were so famous of like beating you different ways each week right like one week it would be edelman and then next week it would be you know james white and then the next week it would be gronkowski and it, it would be like it was there was like yeah. one particular thing they would find you a week at and then they would freaking just just overload on it and so tonight it seemed like the Raiders had success running the football early on and McDaniels just leaned into it and he just freaking like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And even when, 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 when J Jacobs comes out, they get right after it was Zamir white and he takes off for 22 yards. Like, so it's like, they just really leaned into what the thing, what he, they found that thing that they did, that they did well and they leaned into it. And then on the other side of the ball, defensively what are the patriots famous for finding out what you're good at and taking it away Damn. and i thought that that was like it was such a nice balance to see by the raiders i do think that the broncos are a little overblown i don't think they're as good as you know what what the media will tell us that they are so i mean i still feel great about the win don't get me wrong but it's not like we beat the chiefs like next week we'll be this you know i said going into this whole thing like i felt like this week was going to define what the raiders were going to be in 2022 we now I think we know. I think we know that the character showed up. We see the see the fire in the team. Now, now it's all on the line. Like this, this might even be our season. I hate to be that guy that this early on to say like, <laughs> but like so so let's do that again. Let's find out what the Chiefs are going to do. Great. Let's take it away. I don't know if you can take away Patrick Mahomes entirely, but let's figure it out a, a way to to try to you know the old Dan Patrick uh, term, right? You, you you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him, and uh, and then do the same thing on the other side of the ball, man. Like so. It's it's definitely encouraging and and yeah and props to McDaniel's for for leaning into the run game the way he did. Yeah, and I agree with you guys both about finding that identity and and we all had the we all had the kind of assumption that that identity was the run the ball more with Josh Jacobs and Zamir White and Zamir White got a couple of carries tonight as you know as well so I thought that was good Evan on the defense too I thought the defense tonight found a little bit more of its identity I think to, as we mentioned early in the show Denzel Perryman being back and hopefully he will be back having gone out injured again during the game but I thought Denzel Perryman being there this defense I thought again Amik Robertson I thought um, having Harmon there having those guys play as well as they did yeah they got carved up a little bit but let's face it Russell Wilson still can play well in spots 
and he found some spots early on. They were a little bit disorganized in the first half on defense. It surprised me a couple times uh, in watching the replay there that there were a couple uh, series where they just didn't seem to be ready, but for the snap even. And I thought Wilson took advantage of that as a veteran quarterback will do. But overall, Evan, did you feel too that maybe that defense, maybe some of these guys are solidifying roles and they're finding their way too? Yeah, definitely. And I think what we saw tonight was uh, their leaders on defense stepped up. You know, we talked about uh, last week, I believe, you know, not seeing that sense of urgency. I believe Murph was telling us about the, the Raiders sidelines and how it kind of looked like they were lacking some some motivation out there. I think we saw that tonight, especially from a couple of those leaders on defense. Uh, Perryman came out like, you know, shot out of a cannon to start that game. Crosby had an excellent game. I'm looking at the numbers now. Two sacks, four tackles for loss. And Nate Hobbs, he showed up again this sack. week. He's really, yeah, with, with a sack. Um, I believe he had a pass, uh, pass breakup as well. So we saw some of those guys and that I've kind of criticized for, you know, your, your top players not stepping up and making big plays and impact plays in the in games. That didn't. That wasn't the case so much tonight. We saw a couple of those guys do those things, and 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 that's what it takes. If you want to be a great defense, you got to have your top players step up and and rise to the occasion. No doubt about it. Uh, Divine, Divine Diablo continues to also be a very very solid player for this Raiders team and play well uh, and step up. And I think you can see the leader in him too, Murph. He's not necessarily the the vocal leader on the team yet, but I like the kid's style. I like that he takes charge, especially on some of those bigger plays. Yeah, man, he, he, you know, way to step in and wear that green dot and and, and wear it and, and well and, you know, all about communication, right? At that spot, yep. as much as as, as as important as the play is, uh, communication is, is I would say, even equally as important. And, yeah, and I think it's it's cool. What I like about Diablo is that, like, he's not afraid to be a leader. And I and we saw him last year kind of when he stepped up to the podium there. And he kind of, you know, in a in a very kind way, called out some folks and like, you know, on, on ethic and, and practice habits and things like that. And for a rookie to do that, like that, you know, that takes some cojones to do something like that. So I, I I'm with you. I, I think divine Diablo is, um, I mean, we talk so much about Nate Hobbs. We talk so much about Max Crosby, but like, he's kind of like an under, I think, uh, praised player for the Raiders on defense, especially coming in relief of Denzel Perryman, who's balling out. Yeah. No question about it. All right, we're going to take our final break here on Silver and Black today. The Week 4 post-game edition Raiders winners over the Broncos, 32-23. to 23. When we come back, we'll talk a little about coaching, and then we'll close out the show. You're with Murph, Evan, and Scott here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the home stretch post-game show, week four. The Raiders now one and three on the season. 
as they beat the Denver Broncos 32-23. to Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, Evan from Just Pod Baby, and I am Scott Branson here from Silver and Black today. Do us a favor, make sure you subscribe to the show, whether you're listening to us on audio or usually on video. We didn't go live on video this Sunday, but we'll be back next week. Not to worry, uh, so we appreciate that. But do us a favor, make sure you subscribe, make sure you rate us. We appreciate it. Also, don't forget, subscribe to Murph's Raiders Fan Radio if you don't watch his show every week. And Murph, you're going live Thursday this week, is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, we're going to take Wednesday off. I'm going to see Earth, Wind, and Fire. So uh, we're going to take oh. Wednesday off, and then uh, and then we'll be uh, live at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific on Thursday. Sweet. You got to watch that show. It's a lot of fun. And oh, by the way, you missed Earth, Wind, and Fire. They didn't do it on the 21st of September. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That, that's when you got to see them. I, they had to have played somewhere that day, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great you know. show, by the way. I've seen them three times over the course of my life. Good stuff. You're going to love it. Um, even without some of the guys who have unfortunately passed, they're still amazing band. Also, Evan Groat's Just Pod Baby, which is part of Silver and Black Pride, correct? No, Just... just. You got it. Silver and Black Pride. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's, that's I that's where you sure can find the it. podcast. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> that's right. So you could, you could check out Just Pod Baby. Make sure you subscribe there. Where Evan always has, and Evan, you had a guest this week about the Broncos that I it was the most insightful Broncos guest I heard all week. Yeah, he's excellent. Troy Rank uh, with ABC Seven in Denver. I've had him on. I try to get him on every year, uh, at least once during Broncos Week, and he just always comes with a, a tons of great uh, statistics and information. Yeah, really, really, really great interview. Yes, and now I have to say this to both of you: I thank God above. For those of you who believe in God, which I am one of those, uh, I thank God above that the Raiders beat the Broncos going into Chiefs week, Murph, because if it was going into Chief, Chiefs week at 0-4, I literally might just want to stay away from Raiders uh, Na- Raider Nation online because it would have been so toxic. But instead, we get to build on this positive. And one of the positives, remember how many folks last week, even on your show, who said, let's fire Josh McDaniels after three weeks. Let's get rid of him. He's terrible. I never wanted to hire him. Well, I thought tonight wasn't perfect, but I thought showed growth, showed improvement, and showed that he's probably listening to the rest of his coaching staff and was able to adjust this Raiders offense in particular and balance it out. How do you feel about how Coach called this game in comparison to the other three? Scott, I'm a believer, you know, I'm a believer in the Lord above and I'm a believer in Josh McDaniels as the freaking head coach of this football team. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you, you know, and I'm going to start calling him riverboat, Josh, because we start <laughs> doing these onside kicks. Like, yeah. let's go, man. Like, I thought that was, I mean, an incredibly uh, gutsy, you know, thing to do there. I mean, going all freaking Sean Payton with it over here. Like, I thought that was <laughs> awesome. And, and so, you know, that's the, those are the things that, you know, what's the criticism been for these first few weeks? It's like, oh, he hasn't, he hasn't stepped on their neck. He hasn't like just, he hasn't laid it on. He hasn't done all the things that we saw the Patriots used to do when he was, you know, calling that offense, all those things, none of those things have manifested yet within the Raiders. And I wonder if it's because again, I go back to this idea that like, you know, maybe they hadn't been there all the way yet with communication or, you know, a familiarity with the offense or whatever the case may be. But so it was nice to see that that Josh McDaniels has still got that fire. He's still got that dog in him. And that he, and, and, and I wonder too, Scott, like a lot of Raiders fans were critical of like his body language and his like nonchalant kind of approach to like the press conferences after a loss. And it was just like, oh yeah, you know, we got to get back. 
Maybe it's because he is confident. Maybe it's because he knows, because he's the one watching him in practice every day, not like us who are watching, you know, on our NFL network on our couch. Like maybe, <laughs> like maybe he saw that the Raiders were like putting it together and it just hadn't shown up yet on the field like it did today. So I'm with you, man. I'm I'm on the I'm on the Josh McDaniels, you know, bandwagon. I mean, I mean, I, I support obviously he's a Raiders coach, so I'm gonna support him no matter what mm-hmm. day one. But like I think that that, that criticism. Like that, that came out from Raider Nation. I get you frustrated, Raider Nation. Nobody likes 0 and, 0 and 3. But listen, 0 and 3 is the new 0 and 2. We got an extra game. <laughs> like, we've played 17 games now. So we can oh, do this. That's and I'm with you on the Chiefs thing, too. I don't want to get too far away from that either. Like, yeah. I'm with you. Like, we would have been down real bad going 0 oh, yeah. 4 against the Chiefs. And it would have been like a disaster. You know what I mean? But like, that's idea that now, and I, and I talked about this on our show, and people kind of called me out for it. And they're like, oh, the, the Raiders aren't going to do this. And the Raiders aren't going to do that. I'm like, Maybe they aren't, but they hadn't not done it yet. And right. there's a shot for the Raiders to go two and three into the bye after coming off back-to-back division wins against the Donkeys and the freaking Chiefs. And, like, you want to talk about optimism? Like, we'd oh, be yeah. flying high in the freaking bye week if we do that. And, you know, I had this conversation. I had, my son had a rugby tournament earlier today, and I was, at the, I was talking to a, a gentleman, another father, about football. And we were talking about fandom, right? And I was telling because he was asking me about the Raiders podcast and – you know, what are Raider fans really like? You hear some of this and you hear, I said, no, listen, they're great fans. And then we started talking about fans in general when fans get negative. And I understand it, you know, especially for Raider fans who've been through so much in the last, you know, 15, 20 years, but you have a choice, right? And to be positive about your team and okay. Yeah. You start 0 and 3 and your chances of making the playoffs go way down, but that doesn't mean the season's over. Do you want to be miserable for the the, the next uh, 15 weeks? Or would you rather at least say, okay, you know what? Playoffs, I'm not going to worry about it till later. What I want to see is my team get a winning record over the next five weeks, right? So I think you have to break it down like that. And and Evan, I think that a lot of fans uh, were down on Josh McDaniels, and I thought it was good with good reason. We even saw some national folks taking shots. Was he the right choice and all of that? Um, and Murph's report last week from from Nashville, where he said that the fire, the the there was not a lot of fire on the sideline. We got a lot of comments about that. Tonight, it seemed like everybody had more fire in their belly, including Josh McDaniels, who I saw drop in F-bombs a couple different commercial breaks, which was great. That means he was he was communicating to his team the urgency and the the non-acceptance of a lack of execution. Yeah, I definitely the urgency was there tonight. You could you could definitely see it. And and you know, listen, 0 and three obviously not the ideal start for for a new head coach who's taking over a, a former playoff team from a year ago. But he has said that you know we hope to be playing our best football towards the end of the season. Now you, you hope that it, uh, they don't start so poorly that when they, when they are playing their best football at the end of the year, they're, they're completely out of it. But, you know, I think what he's saying is, you know, it may not all be perfect right away. It's going to take us time to mesh something that I've talked about a lot. Um, Let's hope that that is the beginning. Tonight was the beginning of that and that they can string together some wins here and stay in this thing and keep this thing competitive. And I, and I think they can, because I'm, you know, I got the schedule here in front of me and I know it's a week to week league and you can never really predict wins and whatnot, but things should start to get a little, little bit uh, easier here after this Chiefs game going up mm-hmm. against the Texans and the Saints and and, and Jaguars and, and Colts. But, you know, they got to just take one week at a time. Tonight was a big step. They got the first win under them belt under their belt. They got to continue to grow from that. And, and, and you know, who, who knows what happens next week in Kansas City. But it, it's a good start. It is a good start. And Murph, I mean, thinking about what this team needed to do, because I said it to Mo on Thursday, 
you needed to go into this game and it didn't this was this was a must win game not only for statistical chances of making the playoffs and all that jazz and the division uh and, and being a division game but also you just needed positivity in that locker room you needed the confidence to go on the road and beat Kansas City and and I said that I thought that the chances that they beat the Chiefs even if they win today was going to be really tough. I still think it's going to be tough, but I feel better about this team going into the next game in Kansas City, as difficult as that has been. They're 2-10 and ten there right over the last 12 games. As difficult as that is, I think the way the coaching went tonight, the way the players performed, how they acted, the fire you saw in them, that's a really positive sign. So I feel like the chances they have to go into Kansas City and pull the upset are much better than I did geez, 72 hours ago. I couldn't agree more. And, and hopefully they'll get waxed tonight against the Buccaneers. Hopefully Tommy Boy will take <laughs> care of business. And uh, you know what I mean? And really get them down and get Chiefs fan all lathered up and everything. That'd be great because I'm with you. Like, you know, we, we beat the we beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I mean, that's just what, a couple years ago, we drove the bus yep. around the stadium, which maybe in hindsight, not the best thing to do there. Don't piss them off. Um, but like, you know, because they waxed us the second time we played them. But anyways, well, point being, though, is that like, I'm with you, though. They want this gave the team confidence we got the fire we got the energy and like because everybody in the league is talented and this is the thing about like i think as fans sometimes that we miss and not that i have some enlightened thing but like uh, i've just heard this from enough analysts and players over the years everyone is talented like look who'd have thunk that the jags might be our toughest game coming up after the chiefs game right everyone's talented it's mindset work ethic energy it's such an emotional game that like when you have that like you know you you hear all the time in, in all of sports but especially in football like like you want to be playing your best football you want to be peaking towards the end of the year right because it's mm. all about the momentum and it's all about that energy well guess what if we lose to the broncos today at home after two division losses now and one of them you know at home in, in allegiant like the, the energy, I would imagine, yes, they're pros. Yes, they're going to go out and do their thing. But they're still human beings. They're still sure. humans underneath those helmets and those jerseys. And and so now there's a reason to have hope. And, hey, nothing is more dangerous than hope. Like, give a, go ahead. Give us hope going into freaking KC. And maybe they'll be down a little bit because they'll lose. You know, that, and all of a sudden now the division or the potential for the playoffs is on the line. Like yeah. this could be a big, big game going into Kansas city next week. And I, and I'm with you. I think it was, in, it was, it was, this was like, you had to get this one today to get to that because if we're on four, then it's just, it's ball game pretty much. Yeah. Evan, you agree with all that. How you feeling going into Kansas city? Now I know it's going to be tough uh, and we'll see what the chiefs do Sunday night against the, the Buccaneers as we record this post game on Sunday uh, evening. Uh, but what are you thinking of this game now with uh, the way the Raiders performed against the Broncos? Yeah, I agree with Murph. And I think that the big thing that he mentioned was confidence. You know, th- if they had lost that game tonight, they're they're at 0-4, and, and, and all the doubt that has started to creep into their minds might just kind of overtake their minds. And, you know, like you said, they're professional athletes, but, you know, who knows? You know, you're 0-4. At that point, you think your season's probably over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and effort could be an issue, things like that. But, again, Looking at one and three, it's a totally different mindset. They they may feel like, hey, we're just we're just a couple games back in the division, and, and anything can happen. There's still a lot of games to play, and and that is the mindset that they should have going into uh, next week at Kansas City. Murph mentioned it before. They they've won there before. They haven't won there a ton, but they've done it before. Derek Carr has done it before, and and so you, you hope they have that confidence going into that game next week. Yeah, you saw really good glimpses tonight, guys, of this offense. Remember, this offense 
has to get better in the red zone still, but they scored 32 points and they're not done yet, right? So they, they can get better. And so that's encouraging to me. You look at the numbers, 212 rushing yards, 385 total yards overall. This offense is it's slowly now, especially tonight, had a little bit of a breakout, is feeling it. If they can put this together on a big Sunday night game next week against the Chiefs, I think that's what this is. It's almost like the fuel you toss on the it's smoldering fire. It's flickering right now. And if you can put that flame, that gasoline on top of this thing, it could really take this team to new places and really take the doubters out there and make them believers. Guys, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Murph, before we go, please let everybody know where to find you. And also, most importantly, all the work you guys do on the show, as entertaining as it is, all of the revenue you bring in goes to the One Nation Foundation. Tell everybody about it. Thank you so much, Scott. Yeah, onenationfoundation.net. You can donate directly there on the website. Just hit the donate button, and uh, you can give directly that way via PayPal or any of the money that we raise via advertising, uh, merchandise sales, any of that kind of stuff. We give all of our money to the One Nation Foundation, and the One Nation Foundation benefits all uh, numerous Raiders-related charities, but uh, most of all the Bolitnikoff Foundation. And so thank you so, so much for all of your support. And even if you can't donate monetarily, just, just help promote the show. Give it a thumbs up. Give it a like. Give it a review. Tell your Raider friends. That's uh, Raiders Fan Radio, RaidersFanRadio.com. You can find us on the YouTubes, uh, YouTube.com slash RaidersFanRadio. So I appreciate the platform here. Scott, I, I got to tell you, man, we appreciate you so much for this opportunity. We've seen our numbers grow uh, to unprecedented uh, places, not only in the audio podcast, but our video as well. We've seen the old hockey stick, as the kids say. And so we appreciate <laughs> that so very, very much. And we don't get there without you, and we don't raise the kind of money uh, without, without, you know, support like you give us. And so we're looking forward to writing a bulletin of a big old fat check here in December. And thank you very, very much. <laughs> well, thank you guys. You do amazing work. And, and literally like Murph said, it just support it. If you, if you can't give, that's fine. Uh, just watch the show, take part in it. And then, uh, if you're at a game and Murph happens to be there or they have something going on, uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, and Evan, tell us about Just Pod Baby 2, where people can find you. And then also tell people about the, the, the video you tweeted of you playing quarterback in high school. I don't know if you saw that, Murph. Did you see it? You guys see, he tweeted a little. Evan was a qu good little quarterback, man. He's tossing this big, long pass for a touchdown. He dug it out to show his kids. He tweeted it out. I was like, is that you? <laughs> I, I missed that, but he did send me a video earlier looking all Uncle Rico out in front of a van said he was going to try to make a comeback. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, for, let me answer your first question. Uh, Just Pod Baby is, is a part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, so subscribe uh, over there, and you'll hear my podcast twice a week. And then uh, to Scott's second question, yes, I was a former high school quarterback, real small school, nothing really to, to brag about, but, yes, I was a uh, – uh, first team all league quarterback and, and my kids have been you know they're really into football now and they've been asking me to see some old tapes so i, I busted one out for them friday <laughs> night and of course i, I sent a, a short clip of a, a touchdown pass uh, to, to scott and mo so scott <laughs> didn't think i had it in me he, you know i'm only five seven but I, I was pretty good for five seven yeah, I mean, Murph, he's he's taller than Doug Flutie. I think you're taller than Doug Flutie, aren't you? Is, they used to call Flutie? me Doug Flutie. That's, they used to compare yeah. me to Doug Flutie in high school. Yeah, and if you watch this like little clip, home. if you watch this little clip, it's fine. But then he said, hey, he said, I, I played the clip. The kids are in bed now. Now my wife's putting on the cheerleader outfit. I got to go. 
<laughs> I said, hey, man, now. I'm not holding you back from any of that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I appreciate it. And, and that's the one thing, too, I'll mention. Uh, having these two guys on the postgame show is that out there, there are so many great content producers, right? And, and these are three, th- we're three of them. And there's some content producers who are really weird and they don't like each other. We love each other. We support each other's content because it's all good. It all has value. Uh, and that's the way it should be. And Raider Nation is about supporting one another, not about tearing anybody ja- down. So I hope some folks take that lesson from all of this, too, is you can collaborate across your channels, and it's good for everybody. It doesn't hurt anybody. It helps everybody, actually. And uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. I hate to say that after a hurricane, but that's the, the reality of it. So we appreciate it. Murph and Evan, thanks as always, my friends. Anytime, Scott. Thank you, Scott. All right. We are going to say goodbye for today. Again, the Raiders 32-23 winners over the Denver Broncos. I will be back on Tuesday with Mo Moten. We will do our in-depth dive on the Raiders Broncos. We'll also get into, hey, what can they do better? Tonight was about no. They won the game. They did well. Let's stay positive because that's what it's about. And you should enjoy this victory if you're a member of Raider Nation. But we'll be back on Tuesday for that show. Make sure you subscribe to all the shows we mentioned tonight. And we will talk to you on Tuesday. Have a great Monday. Raider Nation, you deserve it. Enjoy the win, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye, everybody.